0: Well, we are at 11 o'clock. So it is that time to kick off our first safety view of the year. So welcome back, everybody. It's really great to see everyone. So Rosa, share with us what are we talking about today? What are we doing?
1: Well, thank you, everyone, for coming. Uh, as you all know, uh, I wrote uh, The Relationship Factor and Safety Leadership. Uh, it was published uh, in the beginning of 2020. Uh, And since then, of course, uh, we don't like learn something and then we're done. It's a process of continuous learning as I've tried to uh, practice these leadership uh, behaviors myself in leading teams and working out in the field. Uh, I've had some, um, some challenges that I wanted to share with you and also give you the opportunity to share any challenges you would like to share uh, and to also offer any insights uh, that you have in terms of uh, how they might be handled um, in a more, um, shall I say, harmonious way. uh, And so that we can progress in our skills as leaders and handling complex, difficult situations uh, where our where we really need to maintain our sense of equilibrium, the big picture, the big systems picture, uh, which can be difficult as a human being uh, when we're getting triggered by other things that are going on. So um, let me uh, start with an opening activity that we're going to put you guys into breakout rooms, so that you can discuss Uh, i'm going to put this on my. um, i'm going to share my screen for a moment, here we go, so that you can all see. Um, Here we go. Okay, Uh, Some questions and. Please ignore the the 10 minutes on there because that was in trios, but we're gonna be doing uh, this in just two to a room. So we're gonna do it for five minutes. Um, So when you go there, just pick one of these questions, introduce yourself and pick one of these questions. Sometime, uh, something that you know gets in your way of being your best self. And so keeping into mind that this is during Interactions when conversations can get heated or you're having to repeat yourself and you're feeling not very understood, Okay, Uh, Something about yourself that you know you always need to manage. Uh, So I know for myself, I have my triggers. uh, And um, being aware that I have those, I can notice them when they first come up and manage them. When do you experience vulnerability? Because one of the reasons that relationship communication can break down is that Mm -hmm. you feel attacked or vulnerable. Something about yourself that often surprises you, and maybe this is helpful or maybe it isn't helpful. (laughs) Um, So we'll do that for five minutes. So just be aware as you're in your pair to make sure you uh, kind of uh, share the time. And Tamara, could you just put us uh, into one thing? Oh, let me say one thing because um, you won't be seeing these questions in the chat room. And one thing that I have found very useful is to take a a snapshot of the the slide so that I can have it on my screen when I'm talking uh, in my breakout. So if you're able to do that, uh, you can do that or you can just pick your question now that you want to talk about so that you know as you go in. So since some of you came in a little bit later, I just wanna explain, you can probably see this slide with the activity that people in the breakouts are doing, um, which is to discuss, um, inquire, uh, share ideas about something that gets in their way of being their best self. And because really the topic uh, of today is that in order to have a relationship centered, uh, leadership approach. Uh, we really need to be self-aware and be able to uh, stay centered and control our emotions, which isn't that, which is simple to say and very difficult to do, especially when we're under time pressures, et cetera. So um, that's what people are talking about in their groups. Uh, what do you know about yourself that you need to manage? Uh, do you know your triggers? That when people say certain things, you suddenly feel vulnerable, and uh, um, and you might attack rather than um, rather than listen. Uh, and these are all things. This is a safe space to talk about um, uh, your yourself myself and I and I am going to share some of the things that have happened to me just this year as I've tried to really focus on and implement the ideas in the book and that's why I said this is really uh, it's personal research it's not statistics it's experience and um, when by sharing your ideas today you'll you'll add to all of our knowledge as well on how do we uh, maintain ourselves in a relationship centered state. Okay, uh, let's bring everybody back and um, well, gonna... it's
0: it automatically closes after five minutes. So they should be coming back.
1: Oh, it seemed like yeah. it had been more than five minutes up nope. okay. oh, there. No, they I, I got here. the timer working. Ah, good girl. <laughs> All right. I see people coming back. And I'd love it if uh, when, when somebody volunteered to talk about their experience um any um, thing that really uh stuck out for you in this conversation uh okay peter you're muted peter
2: i know uh, well i guess now that i'm retired i i guess i can talk about this quite uh, easily But <laughs> um i guess it was my bluntness more bluntness more than anything uh trying to you know manage that part of it. So when there's an incident or having to deal with the union or the stewards or stuff like that, you know, like after somebody stuck their hand in a moving machine or something like that, and they go, well, well, what are you disciplining them for? Like, it's quite obvious, but anyhow, that's besides the point, right? So there was, that was kind of a ongoing thing for me. So, but.
1: thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, We've all, we've all been there. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, hopefully some of us will be able to share um, how we found our way um, out of that. Anyone else, one more person that wants to, that is willing to share um, a little bit of their story there. What would in something that you have faced? Um, all right, well, then I will share mine. I have, um, I've done a lot of personal work on myself because I know that, um, in the way I was raised in my early experiences, I suffered a lot of racial discrimination. So I know that I get triggered, uh, when I feel that people aren't listening to me. Uh, and I tell myself the story that I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color and it's just really tiresome to have to continue to try and uh, break through um, uh, people's first impressions of me. Uh, And then, uh, so I know about that. And I know that I have a choice whether to react to it or not. Uh, But sometimes it gets the best of me and I will react and respond uh, in, in short be short with people or raise my voice or become critical so that's that's what i don't want to experience and what i would rather experience is to be able to observe it when it's happening and then manage it and and i can do that most of the time but there are times when when i don't do it so it's my my continuous growth point that comes from my from my childhood uh, and Because of that, I uh, have this year has been I, I call it my year of getting my master's degree in relationships. In family, at work, everywhere, everywhere have opportunities have come up for me to manage this particular trigger and improve. I see, Jim, you have your hand up. Please help me out. (laughs) Gladly, Rosa.
3: Um, I would actually share a similar story. Uh, In my professional career, most all of the job assignments that I had required uh, relationship building. I had a lot of instruction. I did a lot of study and I actually taught um, relationship building in at one point in my life. Um, but the question about um, the thing that I always have to watch about myself. Uh, one of the things that I struggle with is when I reach out to someone and am um, kept at distance, there's not a, a return uh, in the communication um, and I had a tendency to press and push uh, because the communication was important and uh, the relationship was actually critical to our success and failure if if that was to be. and. What I learned and it took decades and I'm still practicing is that uh, it's generally not about me. It is usually uh, about something else and I have to not take it personally and realize when space is going to be the best approach and, and just communicate in some way, you know, my caring that um, the relationship is important, now may not be a good time, great. Um, Anything I can do for you, you know, just kind of go past that unwillingness to interact and engage.
1: Wow. That really touched me. Thank you, Jim. The the pulling back and saying, it's okay, I'm gonna, I'll wait till you're ready. Wow. So there's more stories. I can see uh, Mike was resonating with you. Thumbs up. And uh, by the way, you guys, you can use your thumbs up or raise your hand whenever um, you want to share. I want to take a little bit of time. Um, I, I said that I was going to share my learning since the book. and. Um, so I have two slides that I've been working on and developing that I will share with you, and then we're we're going to go back into uh, our open conversation with whoever uh, would like to share. And I think you'll, um, Jim, I think you'll see some of what you were talking about in this in this diagram. And um, tomorrow, if you can keep letting people in, we're getting more and more people. This is wonderful. Okay. Uh, I have to share my, sc- oh, first I have to go over here and share my screen, hang on, okay. share screen. Um, share, okay. All right, can anybody see the uh, five uh, yeah. leadership, uh, orientations to sense making and I can put it in presentation mode.
4: Um,
1: hopefully. OK, um, one go into presentation mode. Oh, now that's interesting. Are you seeing like a whole bunch of uh, slides or just one?
5: Well, we see your view, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate that when it happens. OK. Um, all right, there we go. I'm just going to stay here. OK, so. Um, what I discovered in my book, the last five chapters are about the leadership orientations to sense making that create conversations that achieve high performance in on the team. And I had been my whole book was about the fact that you have to the the. Uh, the arrow on on the left going up that you have to develop your relationships building skills at the same time that you develop your technical capabilities. So that would be uh, your know, knowledge, use of the tools, uh, your management systems, uh, risk assessment. All of those things are very important. But in order to um, develop High performance, you also have to develop your relationship with people. And I came up with um, five orientations that uh, I have developed over the years, and the first one being unification. And that means that the first, for me, what that means is that in the beginning of developing the relationship, the first thing you have to do is uh, create a relationship with a person, uh, unify with them. Um, And so you have some basic questions to ask yourself there. Like, do you tend to think about uh, the other person as a whole person, their physical, emotional self, not just their knowledge and competence? Do you um, inquire, how are you doing? How's it going? Establish a rapport. Are you present? Emotionally, are you connecting emotionally? Are you empathetic? Um, Do you have a big picture of where you want to go and that you're taking people? Um, If you're having trouble with this step of creating a sense of connectedness with the other person, um, you might be missing the empathy. You might, uh, there might have been a prior occasion that you need to apologize for. There might be some forgiveness involved. And when I say forgiveness, I I have found that it's really a lot about forgiving myself. I am very critical of myself. And as long as I'm in that state of feeling guilty or critical, I find I'm just not that clear or able to connect. That's something to think about. So that's the unification step. The next step I called penetration, which is the uh, idea that usually uh, we have a goal, we're under a lot of time pressure and we tend to um, miss the forest for the trees. Uh, So I asked myself, how do I manage time pressures? Uh, Am I really aware of my priorities and what's influencing those? And the are you skilled in inquiry? Um, this is a whole course in itself in being, becoming skilled at inquiry. Uh, it does require to be a good listener and always to be aware of your assumptions and the assumptions that the other person is making. So in this step, it's about getting access to your assumptions and the other person's assumptions and learning to ask those questions that will penetrate beyond those assumptions uh, to get to the root of what the other person is trying to communicate. Um, this, this step reminds me of the, uh, this is a true story of seminary students who, um, uh, an experiment with seminary students where they were invited to a meeting with, uh, with the bishop And on the way to that meeting, there was a beggar on the side of the path uh, and asking for help. Uh, Most of the seminary students walked past the beggar and went to their meeting with the bishop. Only a couple stopped and talked to the beggar to find out what the situation was and what help he needed. And when they were debriefed from the experiment, the ones who walked past the beggar, mostly some of them didn't even see the beggar and the others saw the beggar, but they felt such a sense of urgency because they had no idea why the bishop was calling them to the meeting, that even though they were there to study about kindness to others and care about to others, they walked right past the person. This is a, a big. This was a big lesson for me because um, we may be in our hearts, we may have very good intentions, but when urgent priorities uh, take over, we can make some serious oversights and look past what the person is trying to tell us in terms of their needs because we're looking over to accomplishing the task. The next step, enactment. uh, Enactment means to take action, but not just any action, the appropriate action. And again, many of us uh, hesitate to get as much information as we need and to get as many people involved as possible in the decision to decide on the action. Uh, We may feel pressure to have a complete plan and present a complete process. When what we really need to do is take small steps, engage people in trying the small steps, and then come to uh, a conclusion that is more likely to succeed. That's especially valid during these big program rollouts where we come in with all the answers and all the steps and all the training uh, and then don't find out that it doesn't really work until after the program has failed. And that's not to say that we don't need step number five, which is perseverance. And in perseverance, of course, we encounter many obstacles. And I think the big uh, mental shift in this orientation is to look at the obstacles as opportunities for learning and to make changes and not to consider those failures. If I need, if I already had a great plan or we already had a great program in place, Uh, don't let it all go down the tubes because you're hitting obstacles. Look at what those are. Get people involved and do the tweaking and persevere in it. With that said, the most common problems that we encounter are relational, where we have not communicated adequately or not understood adequately. So for that, I want to show this other slide before I open it to the general conversation. And this is uh, the relate, what I'm calling the relationship learning cycle. And the way uh, it starts, is that big enough for everybody to see or should I make it bigger?
5: That's okay.
1: Okay, good. Thank you for participating, Um, we have a situation that triggers, that may trigger a memory in us. Now, this memory could be, oh, I've been here before. I know how to handle this, right? And we remember to go into being present, being aware, uh, using our tools of emotional intelligence. But if this trigger is a negative trigger, as I was describing in my case, where I was triggered because I felt I had tried to communicate in many different ways, get buy-in, and I was very, very tired. We were working 10 hours a day, and then I would go back to my hotel room and work nights, um, which is not a good idea, guys. But I was tired and I got triggered. And so I got short with the person because I was under stress. Okay, so uh, my reaction then was attack. Now, if you are in the higher state of awareness and presence, you choose unification, which is, okay, let's go back to the basics of understanding, what do you need to get out of this? And let's see if I understand that. And then let's see if you understand what I need to get out of this. But when you are in a reactive state, it's withdrawal or attack. So you make a choice based on your reaction, because sometimes you can react negatively, but still choose to act in a positive way that is going to further the relationship. Uh, And um, the choice here, I described it as either emoting, just deciding to go with my emotion or go into sense-making, which is what I was describing before. Let's try to sense-make through why we're stuck here. Um, And that's the penetration stage and the resolution stage where you decide, yes, I am going to um, call on my courage and my will, my agency, and get through this conversation as opposed to fear. Now, may I add just to (laughs) that also in this state here, I realize in retrospect that I should have let this team member go early on Uh, in the project because uh, the signs were there. He was refusing to wear his face mask in the meetings that were mandatory face masks. I noticed that he was forgetting things. By the end of the project, I realized he was in the early stages of Alzheimer's or something of that nature. Okay, So those were key mistakes that I made because I was overcompensating for um, trying to make relationship work in an area where it wasn't going to work. So relationship, this is my learning. I may be wrong. I hope to get feedback that building the relationship, listening, and doing all of those things is not always the correct path. That's what I think in retrospect. So the actions, uh, of course, I did. It did not even cross my mind to let him go from the team at that point. That was only in hindsight. Uh, during the action, uh, you have to be willing to uh, accept the consequences, the risk, the vulnerability, and. Um, if you're not willing to do that, you, you delve into self-protection, which is, um, again, you're thinking about yourself and protecting yourself. You're not really taking the systems, the whole view of the situation. First, uh, the reflection, the stage of perseverance requires clarity. And I, as I mentioned before, for the willingness to forgive yourself, the willingness to forgive others. Uh, to apologize when necessary um, and this is this time uh, which I am in now which is the reflection and the decision to persevere in trying to improve my ability in relationship building to discern um, when I need to be a stronger, more self-aware, manage my triggers better, And when I need to notice that um, it requires a different type of of action. Uh, And now I put in a little uh, jump from action to trigger, because if you don't do the reflection piece, your reactions get um, even more embedded and become more automatic. Because you haven't done your reflection piece. So I I feel very fortunate to be able to do this with an audience like this, because I know that you've all been through similar things. Uh, And uh, I'm, I'm open to any feedback if you want to share an experience and go through this cycle, or you would like to just uh, give feedback on, well, it seems to me that um, you could add this to the model or or think this way about the model. That would be terrific. Uh, Suzanne. Oh, hi,
6: Rosa. Thank you. That was very beautiful. Um, I really resonated when you gave the example. I think of sometimes you have to exit this cycle. Sometimes it's not worth it. And I just want to talk about workplace bullying and toxic cultures and toxic people. And I've been there where I I've tried so hard and I was even take I even took a course on how to be positive And I was using those examples. And then I'm telling my instructor about the feedback. And and it's like sometimes it's a no win situation. So I would suggest if there could be an exit point out of this loop at some point you have to realize when it's just maybe through organizational design and culture and or toxic uh, workplace that you you got to stop trying because it's going to kill you to keep
1: trying
5: Hmm.
1: well let's amplify that a little bit what if and anybody else please uh, join in Um, what would stop trying look like
0: well I wonder if it's Part of that resolution piece that was on the other chart is number three but not I'm not personally seeing it here unless I've missed it
1: uh, say more I put it under choice that you had to be resolute on your choice okay I think that's what Suzanne is talking about right when you're making that choice there that's where the exit point could be yeah. And I is mean, that your I,
0: resolution then?
1: Yeah, that would be your resolution, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so I mean, move I, that to the end. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Suzanne, you got interrupted.
6: Oh, uh, uh, no, I thought you were just asking me for, for my example. But after um, almost two years of trying to build a relationship through a very tricky organizational structure. Um, I've just taken that energy away from the relationship because it didn't seem to matter my approach. And I tried all kinds of different approaches. It was building energy that was coming toxic back to me. So I've decided to just keep the energy away. So, yes, I still have to deal with this person, but I stopped feeding that energy, positive or negative. I just stopped feeding it. And I'm just trying to let it settle down and not be such a big deal part of my daily work life.
1: You detached. Yeah. I had to.
5: Yeah.
1: yeah. Who else? Thank you, Suzanne. That was very brave of you to say that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Dan here, if you don't mind, I'd like to add uh, to that. I think uh, building relationships, uh, especially when there are some uh, challenges that one perceives to be present, uh, is, uh, is important to, first of all, understand those challenges. And, and Rosa, you're, you're right on the money with respect to the, uh, uh, your chart there showing the, the steps in the process. And um, the communication is very important to have with all uh, parties affected to maybe take a break and stop and say, let's talk about where we're at here's what I perceive, share, be open, and and maybe set that stage at the front end to let everybody know, let's be open and honest with each other. If we find we are coming across some challenges, either interpersonally or uh, related technically with the project, etc. Let's take a moment, let's let's stop, let's review, and let's see if we can come to some kind of an agreeable solution that uh, everyone can live with moving forward. And sometimes that Requires and takes uh, some tough action on part of the leader in that situation to uh, um, either put a hard pause on everything and uh, reevaluate and come back and and, and straighten out uh, the system, uh, the organization, the uh, subset of the of what's going on, uh, and, and maybe even restarting if that's really necessary.
1: So that would be another choice to make as you're going around that cycle. It sounds like what Jim, that sounds like what you did, uh, doesn't it? You put a pause on the relationship.
2: Yeah. can you hear me? Hello, yes. Uh, just past experience for me dealing with uh, union, the I was in a particular this this last place I was at before I retired. The uh, they had a lot of long time, uh, term employees there, so they've been there for a long time, and they built up this. Some of them had built up this uh, idea that uh, everything is the company's fault and everything else. So it didn't matter what you did to improve or you know like their whether that was their uh their working conditions their ppe their training there was always something wrong and uh, the problem was that the guy who was leading this pack was the union steward and the president so um it was a tough goal because it it got to the point where you know if you talk to them uh you know you're trying to be respectful to go through you know through the hierarchy i guess you want to call it but they would turn around and do something completely different they go back and tell everybody okay well we're not going to do this you know they're full of you know what this and that and so i found after a long time it just took a few years and all that stuff but i found sometimes that it, as time went on that you know i decided as we were talking here you have to make a choice so i decided differently that i could uh, because there's only so many bad apples that you know the vast majority of, of the people would listen so i would typically uh, a bunch of stuff i would just kind of go work my way around the different departments and everything else and talk to the people there and do it that way and then eventually it would come back around you'd, have, you'd get in a, into a conversation with them and the plant manager and everything else but uh, you know sometimes they're the attitudes are, are so ingrained over time that it, you know it's it's a tough thing to to change yeah so
1: yep so, yeah and when you're talking to to a group those group norms that history is, is much stronger than when you're talking to individuals it sounds is that what you're saying? Yeah Who else has dealt with that I, I know I did when I was a lot dealing with somebody at gym too <laughs> dealing with uh, people that have, long histories of, of fear i i I've, whenever somebody reacts like that it's out of fear their fear they're gonna they fear losing their autonomy they fear well they don't trust management
2: that's, um, it, that's it rosie you hit a right uh hit the nail right on the head what's they, that they can't it's peter they can't figure out that it's you know, it's for their betterment, right? It's, you know, I guess it's the uh, their uh, myopic view of life, I guess, or whatever, and, and their job. So uh, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to try and break that wall.
1: But it can be broken. Mike, Mike, did
7: you wanna say something? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. And I'm curious, you probably could, read my mind rosa but by, by now i expect I, i'm just thinking that um you know be, being from a toxic environment and a lot of experience in a toxic environment uh, and living in a toxic environment uh, sometimes you can't modify the human you know you know we, we can't be we can't be, oops sorry of course it's going to happen you know you can't modify the human, and we are not uh, psychiatrists, and we can't assume we are, or psychologists for that matter. And I found that there are a lot of ways to skin a cat, so to speak, and we have to look at things kind of differently and climb out of our boxes. And there are other ways of protecting people even though they don't wanna be protected. And there are ways of making it very hard literally for somebody to hurt themselves even intentionally. And uh, uh, there are various solutions that one could, could apply to protect the person And you heard me mention this many times in my rants uh, understanding the interactions and the interfaces between this toxic human entity and everything else around the toxic human entity, if you make it real hard for the stressors to occur they're not going to occur. So I know it's hard for you guys when you deal with dynamics and you deal with people doing many things that could be hazardous, but in some cases, if you start looking at the relationship between a human and the system and understanding that better, you might be able to modify those interfaces and interactions and that's another way of attacking the, the, this problem of trying to, you know, brainwash a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are people. Uh, we don't have the capability generally. Uh, I mean, you could see what happened in, in, in politics recently. Highly intelligent, highly educated people just going haywire. <laughs> So uh, you can't fix those things. So what else could you do to eliminate or control that risk to an acceptable level? Is there? Can we look at it from a different perspective, a different point of view? Yes. You know. uh, I think you raise a a really good point, and it's worth
1: discussing. Mm -hmm. You know, what what can we do? Okay. Well, that's a good question.
3: Mike, I um, mean, Jim has raised his hand. Very well, good. I I wanted to um, really agree with you, Mike. Uh, there are times when you just have to take a different yeah. path. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot that can be done uh, by bringing those people closer.
7: Yeah, of course. And
3: depending on your ability, right? I mean it's the old adage, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But (laughs) I mean, not that, I mean that really negatively, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, In uh, my period as a um, a research operations director, I had um, a cadre of folks that uh, helped evaluate the Uh, basically operational safety of uh, literally thousands of research proposals, Um, most lab-based, some large scale. Um, But there were a couple of folks that were principal investigators that really pushed back on the process because it was fairly rigorous. We were doing pretty risky stuff. I'd I mentioned some of it. Yeah, bypass, I could, could relate. Right? And, um, you know, it was simply not something they could just bypass. They had to participate.
7: Yeah, understand. Yeah. And they made
3: it difficult. They made it an uncomfortable environment uh, in the way they pushed back. And I systematically brought most of those through assignments to the cadre doing the reviews.
7: Yeah, exactly. I find that if you go off and develop an analysis, you know, you, we have the perfect right to do analytical work, right? We safety people. And, uh, you know, my example is a, a globalistic problem. I mean, I worked in the FAA, and and I I dealt with decision makers that were way, way past understanding what the risk was. And, you know, how do I work from the bottom up, so to speak, and have an effect on them? Well, there's nothing more powerful than a highly intelligent safety dude, as you know. We could be very formidable. And just by sitting down and doing an analysis and publishing the analysis and being open in your discussions about the, the problems, the risks, your know, word gets around. It's like, oh no, what are we going to do with this operational safety assessment now? Uh, I mean, we can't ignore it. You know, oh, well, let's pick on the analyst and try to tear the analyst down and which they couldn't because, you know, we have credentials right. So I thought I found that hazard analysis and risk assessment becomes very powerful. Mm -hmm. And if it's done intelligently. And somehow or another, it gets into the system formally or even semi formally Mm -hmm. it's like. You know, Mike, I, I,
1: Mike, let, uh, you know, what you're saying is very powerful to me because you're using your analysis and your technical competence as a way to build the relationship. That's what I hear yeah. you talking about. Okay. Yes. And, and um, Jim, did you want to respond to that? And I'd love to hear from Rob because Rob, you've just been listening here quite a bit because I think there's a, a merger here uh, of of a way to think, uh, you know, outside the box on how to manage different kinds of relationships. Yes,
3: we had a an explosive safety individual um, that did business in ways that sound similar to what you're describing, Mike. Uh, this guy was top of the uh, the heap. In uh, our area, anyway, in in explosive safety and um, use the same technique Um, from a from a a management perspective. um, I brought that individual closer and uh, we worked on the relationships that he had with the project researchers such that he could support them the way he thought they should be supported, which resulted in them doing things the way he thought they should do it. Uh, That was a delicate situation because he frequently would write an analysis and throw it over the wall. Yeah, with no explanation, yeah. And it was a bomb. Literally and figuratively. And it would halt work. It would require a whole lot of expenditure. One time he did that, he cost the company over a million dollars. And we've, we got to the point where uh, he had very good working relationships. And what we found was that he didn't think he was being hurt. And he didn't think yeah. that what he was saying was being factored into the planning for the, some of these high risk research uh, projects. I mean, we, we did things like a 20,000 pound TNT equivalent explosion uh, about five miles from a reactor to, yeah. to see how it would go. And, you know, I mean, so it was important that he was involved, but um, the way he was involved needed to evolve. And um, it, it just takes concerted effort on, on, and I love your diagram here, Rosa. Um, I, I think that that definitely reflects what we tried to do. I'm not thinking, it would have been nice if it had that diagram when we were trying, but. Um,
7: <laughs> the, the right brainers and the left brainers could cause a lot of damage. And I think we have to be smart enough not be over to the right too much and not be over to the left too much and kind of be neutral enable to enable this communication with highly technical and complex safety problems yeah you might be a great analyst but you know you Mm -hmm. Clarence would walk around with his fly open (laughs) all seriousness yeah you know but he was brilliant Let, so Rob, what,
1: uh, what were, have you been thinking? And then
7: Suzanne? <laughs> oh, and also uh, Colin. <laughs> sorry about the joke.
5: No, I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking about the, uh, the, the, the things I've, I've experienced. And uh, my, my role, by the way, was uh, project manager and site manager. So I'm only for the, for the, for the most recent years, really diving into safety. But obviously, I had to deal with a lot of situations where. What I was thinking that people, most of the time, when you run into such situation that that the communication or relationship doesn't work, uh, I felt that the, the the other person, what I also just heard, is is not being heard or is not being acknowledged in his competence, uh, that he wants to make himself clear or herself clear that. That she's carrying competence and and presenting that before you're able to 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 um, uh, to make such relationship. People want to be heard, want to be seen, want to be recognized. Mm-hmm. And once that that is the case, uh, it seems like to fall open, and uh, you're able to 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 get into a, into good discussions. Um, and and then I, I can really recognize the circle that, that you're here uh, here showing us, Rosa, because uh, because once you have the base, the foundation, uh, then you can drill and 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 work into the yeah the things that have to be done, and, and then realizing that together we know an awful lot more than the sum of the of the of the single individuals. And that that but to set the basis is to is the critical point, I would say. That 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 what that's really comes to mind if I if I uh, mm. dig into my memory and, and see what what's happened uh in, in the past. So yeah, but that's the yeah, first yeah, thing yeah. that pops up in my mind.
1: I, I agree, Rob, that, that uh, establishing, letting people establish their expertise, who they are is critical at the beginning of the process. Uh, We have a couple of minutes, Kaleb, you've had your hand up. What's on your mind?
8: Um, I want to share a personal experience. On-site with um, a worker, in terms of establishing relationship, you know, it's very easy for us to establish good relationship with um, same level of team members. But when it comes to the shop floor workers, sometimes it's a bit difficult. My point is, these workers want to feel, they want to feel that they are among what is going on. They want to have this sense of belonging. And when we don't pay attention to these workers, sometimes it's it brings about a lot of um, unsafe acts on site. What happened on site that day was, I got to the site, I saw this guy walking, doing grinding, performing an activity, grinding activity without a face shield. And my reaction was, stop the work. Why are you not using your face shield? You have this PPE, why are you not using it? And he stopped for a moment and starts looking at me. Then later that day, I found out that this guy had a personal issue, which he was dealing with. So I called him aside and we discussed about it, talked about it. And at the end of the day, he understood some parts of the job which he needed to, you know, perform at that point in time. What well, point why he didn't use that face, the um, face was that he, he did not realize that this is what I was supposed to do at this point in time because of the personal issue he had. As safety professionals, we have to pay attention to details. We have to be sensitive to some kind of um, issues. When we look at some workers, we should be able to um notice some things if a worker you know a worker who is up to doing who does his job correctly and just find out that today he's not doing well that means it calls for you know a reaction to understand why this person is working this way and at the end of the day he builds a kind of relationship with this shop floor workers.
1: thank you absolutely and we all could use that ourselves right <laughs> we've all had that experience of, of inclusion and exclusion thank yeah. you well our time is uh, over tomorrow
0: yes that was a great conversation thank yeah, you rosa thank you for so leaving much. that um and thank you everybody for choosing to spend your time with us today Um, I'm Tamara Paris from Safepedia and we help host these so that people can share their insights and experiences with one another. So thank you everybody for joining us today.
1: If you want, um, somebody wrote that they wanted a copy of the slide, they're a work in progress, but um, you can, um, I'm I'm on LinkedIn, Rosa Antonia Carrillo, uh, so just ping me. And I will be glad to share with you. So thank you very much.